So good evening. Just a friendly reminder that November continues to be Sokokoji's friendship drive. So if you haven't been, please make sure to check your emails and we're keeping you up to date on all the activities we're doing here, the outreach we're doing. Um, if you're not on our emailing list, please go to sokokoji.org and sign up if you want to. Um, but we would be happy to let you know what's going on and just letting you know that we've already had a great response from many of you with monthly donations and an increase in donations. And we're incredibly grateful for this that continues to um, allows us to continue to do our outreach and operations, um, just everything that we endeavor to do to help others. So thank you and turn it over to Sopa. This evening's Dharma talk is based on a, an idea that's a little bit hard to, to present, but I think it's worth working on it. It is titled, question, when, when to look around, when, and to look around. I think I gave a talk not too long ago, long ago that said, don't look around. So I thought, well, you probably had enough of that. Not being able to look around as if you were even doing such a thing. Is that actually doing something when you don't do something? Of course, when we're sitting down on the cushion, training our mind, and actual meditation, uh, um, zazen, chicken taza, mindfulness, shine, anything like that, the idea is, as far as I'm concerned, other teachers may teach it differently. I taught it differently myself, and I was not taught in the way that I teach. And if you happen to end up teaching, you may not do that either. It's not about following, obeying forms. Much more difficult than that. So, so when you're sitting on the cushion, you're holding everything still, you're watching what moves. So since you're not moving, what is moving is, since your body's not moving, then what is moving is whatever is the form in consciousness, which can be anything from just uh, ordinary memories or plans, uh, speculations about the future, regrets or uh, uh, congratulations about the past, and so on, along with evaluation judgments, uh, trying to figure out what people are thinking about what you're thinking, that they're thinking, and so on, those various kinds of loops that we do. It doesn't sound like that happens, but if you look, you, we actually do those. We actually go over here and there. And we even sometimes it shows up and right in a conversation, someone will look at you and say, well, I don't want you to think that I, I don't have a favorite color, too. I mean, as if we don't even know what we're, we can't even control what we think ourselves, yet we right away want to jump in and, well, I don't want you to think that. Don't think I hate you just because I'm glaring at you. So the looking around part and when to look around would be when anything is moving, follow it. Don't chase it down, but just watch its movement, not running down along the road because it's a, a piece of paper blowing in the wind. Unless it's green, you might want to chase it. So as I said, a little bit difficult to, to, to be having kind of an experience of something, but not really bring it into words particularly. But I think with your help, when we get to the part where there's maybe a question and response, Maybe it'll come out more deeply relative to your understanding of what it is I'm even endeavoring to present. So give me an example, something that I do, uh, and you can, um, has anyone here not noticed that when I'm doing question and answer with people, even though I'm get, listening to someone's question or answering them, I'm still looking around at other people's faces? Or do, do, do you notice that at all? Yes or no? 
Well, what the hell did I do that for? Is that a mouse? I knew it was a mouse. I've got pointed ears. So the idea there is it's, it is a variety or a version of receiving that when we when we get too tied up in the give and take situation, uh, it's the idea we're starting to shut down on everything else. So it's to, it's a deliberate movement movement into the apparent other, the apparent a oh don't go any further than that apparent other. Don't lose track of everything else that's happening by getting too focused. You'll notice it's difficult to do that because we feel unsafe by the, you feel, you feel we really need to pay attention, don't we? Yeah. Just look at what paying attention actually means. It's a very sneaky form of fixation that actually protects the self-centeredness from any intrusion or any threat or any insecurity. There's, there's another version that's going to come up here momentarily. Momentarily, hasn't come up yet. Worth waiting for. So, anytime you tend to be uh, fixated on anything or fastened on anything, or anytime a good way that you'll know that's happening is you're starting to worry about a particular thing. Something's going to change. Suffering. Something's going to not change. Suffering. Or something won't leave you alone. Suffering. Discontent. Dissatisfaction. Just abrasiveness. Just mild, whatever displeasure or a very intense. Uh, torture of some kind. Um, look around. It's already got your attention, so you're not avoiding it by looking around. When I say look around, I'm saying include, 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 include. Not include, not force it. Just touch on, just touch and go. Just touch on the sense of sound and go to the sense of touch. And so look around in that area. In other words, what you're doing there is when the when the fixation is based on not wanting suffering or the fixation that this we really want that thing, that person, that situation, that job. Really want that. Really need that. Don't I deserve that? Those kind of ego monologues, questions with no answerer. So what happens when we do that is we we um, maybe a word would be uh, we not dissolve, but we. We cut into it. What is what is that called when you when you add water to something? You dilute. Some, huh? dilute. Yeah, kind of dilute. You dilute. You dilute the intensity of the suffering without pushing on the suffering that makes it go under down underground or or uh, justifying the suffering, which gives it some kind of status. Well, that's because they did this. That's why this is happening. Status. Ego's looking for status for any damn thing, including suffering. It'll take whatever it can get to stay alive. It'll go through the suffering. Go ahead, torture me. I don't care. I do care, but I'd rather uh, take the credential. Must be some in suffering. So the ASAP, alternating sense awareness practice, is a way. But it's not the only way. You don't have to jump into a formula about it. I just teach that because I think that's, well, that's something you could do. would help you dilute or whatever that is, is cut into something. What's that called when... Somebody sells drugs and they mix stuff with it. Cut it. How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> he did not but just flip me off. My students don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> not with their hands anyway. <laughs> so the idea behind this kind of teaching, this way of presenting it, is to encourage you, encourage us to 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 not 
to continue to observe, but also don't don't settle into this observer quality. I'm just a, it creates an observer. Uh, it, it's good to always say it this way, and then you can have your own version of it or ask a question. It's always good to be just kind of unsure about everything. Don't don't get good at any any damn thing. Don't don't improve. As I given talks on that too, but it, it's it's not that you won't or not that you couldn't, but the intention around it, it just uh, in physical reality, this works fine. Lifting weights makes sense unless something, unless you drop your weights on your toe uh, or some other terrible thing. You can get a some kind of progression happening where you, there's some proof. You can feel the muscles. You can feel your body. Uh, all kinds of relative material things that work fine, but materialism in the, in the spiritual on the spiritual path uh, just just creates more um, more suffering. Put it bluntly. Shoka. Is there any way to go into that not knowing um, when the mind is going right to knowing? Yeah, just observe it. If you know the mind is going right to not right to knowing, then um, it's you can see that it's a lie. If anytime anything is concluded, it's, lie. it's relative truth. A relative truth is a pack of lies or half truths or all evidence is partial. If, if you could find something that was totally provable and true all the time, every time, uh, 24-7 or however you want to say it, um, you, you just solved the whole problem. <clears throat> You're also probably locked up somewhere. You follow me a little bit? You can actually, someone who is, goes crazy or is insane doesn't know it. And this is, happens on there's several levels of not knowing how crazy you are. One of them being, what is that my mother used to say? Oh, he's off the deep end. And I was saying, he's a swimmer? <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't dared go there yet. Does not knowing sometimes does it feel like it's more than just confusion or something? Does it show up as something other than a confusion? It could show up in any way. It could show up as, as a, a knowledge. It could show up as no knowledge. The kind of not knowing isn't a relative not knowing. But we use the word not knowing to not know, uh, to encourage anyone to be willing to be in the dark about something rather than settle for some kind of relative conclusion. Please ask questions. Yeah, I mean, not discounting yours, but please, if you don't, take a chance. I take a chance coming up here. I only come up with the title of the talk a few minutes ago. Yes. Uh, earlier you said when something is moving to follow it, but don't chase it down. Mm -hmm. So in the consciousness, what would that distinction look like between you're following something and then you started, you started to chase it? The chase, chasing part, uh, I have to use some kind of metaphors. Something is moving, follow it, and if it speeds up and starts to put some distance, let it go. And letting, letting it go is not, I usually don't use that word, but I might have to use it in that situation because I'm not saying ignore that it's leaving. Just you know, follow it, follow it uh, with awareness. Awareness, as long as you can see it, you can follow it. There's no distance is a different kind of thing. So you might notice that, say, something shows up, extreme wish for something, some other thing, or desire for something, uh, or some real negative thing that's happening that you would just like it to go away, negative feeling, just watch it. 
So keep, keep an eye on how, and if you want, if you just look at it and you don't judge it or add, uh, you don't judge it shouldn't be there, or how am I going to get rid of this? And you also don't do it, the, the passion area, the grasping area, where you're grasping on some to some to some reason why it's happening, which light, lightens your load a little bit, because at least you know who caused it. At least it's not me. Or if it is you, and you're feeling guilty or down on yourself because you're, uh, because you're um, feeling um, incompetent, or, you know, here I go again. I just can't seem to stop this kind of thing. <coughs> Whatever's moving, just uh, just observe it. Just watch where it goes. Watch where if it goes between things. Watch that. If it comes back, watch that. If it totally vanishes, no chase. No chase it. And no, no necessary, no necessary afterthoughts about it. No additions that keeps it going. I sometimes talk about that in terms of zombie thoughts. Sometimes if thoughts just start to go away, we we just start wanting to resurrect them. We want to chew on that some more because somehow there's some. I'm sure all of you, I don't know, but it seems like um, everyone has had a little bit of experience of kind of enjoying suffering. But you know, kind of. Just wanted to kind of chew on that a little bit. You know, especially uh, resentment will do that. Somebody where you just uh, resent. Uh, my recent experience of resentment comes, it doesn't hang on long because I've got a bad memory, so I forget I was, what I was resenting. Um, but uh, it's resenting the, all the advice I've been getting given for decades about my health. Lies. Lies. And I'm going to go into kind of some kind of spiel on my health. I'm just going to say, I'm not going to go into it. I'm just going to say, I've been told lies by people and charge thousands and thousands of dollars. Incorrect. And no one's to blame. The resentment has to do with just kind of being resentful that somebody somewhere along the line kind of took it another direction because of their charisma. They were able to pull everything down out of what? Greed, control, money, as they say everywhere. Follow the money. Um, we would say, follow the money or the greed, or the control, which are very similar forms of power. Those things are not true. Just to, and it's, It shows in meditation community, too, people are taught forms of meditation. Don't misunderstand me. I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to convert anybody. I don't want any kind of movement. Uh, no banners, no flags. Not that there would be, not from this group. You guys are too busy. Why are you busy? Meditating. Good. So, but it should be observed. We should watch it not jump on board and fight against something that we don't even understand. We barely see the tip of the flag sticking up. There's some kind of a nationalism going on or some kind of a belief in something. Anytime you run into belief, you're going to run, run into dictators. And I'm not talking about the conventional kind. I'm just talking about people who think they know everything. And you may think I'm functioning like that. If you think I'm functioning like that, you should come after me. You should, you should. I'm inviting you to come and take me out, make a fool of me, uh, show me up for what I am, pull uh, pull uh, the control freak out of me, and we'll parade it in front of everybody. You, do you follow what I'm saying? Is anybody not clearing what I'm saying? Well, that was good. <laughs> everybody knows what I said. That's pretty unusual. Show up. It feels like in my experience, there's not never really a gap in what looks like I know something or I'm concluding something. It's just one knowing to another conclusion and it's just trading one out for another. That's your situation? It seems like it. Okay. What's so the question? Is not knowing the opposite of that? No. Not knowing is a way to teach that. 
so that you'll work with that a little bit. But the actual situation is neither one. Uh, can you recite uh, Nagarjuna's uh, fourfold negation, the Tetralama? Can you know you know it? What is it? Not this, not that, not both, not neither. Problem solved. Two thousand years ago, you can contemplate that. Not this, not that, not both, not neither. No reference point at all. It's an astonishing thing to be here in a living form. And why is that? Why do we? Why do, can we hear that as a concept and kind of appreciate it, but not really get it? I can tell you in just in a few words, because well, we think we are somebody. We think we're separate from what we're studying. We think we're a solid person who can win or lose, attain enlightenment or attain salvation or make improvements. Uh, and it's not that there aren't relative things that we grasp onto and come up with, oh, there's proof that I'm getting better, proof that I'm doing bad, proof that this is a good meditation path. Or, I'm not interested. It's all uh, materialism of a form or other form. I think earlier in the book study, you were also encouraging us to look at something as if we didn't know what it was or if we hadn't seen it before. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's easier to do with something I actually haven't seen before. There's a little bit of a gap and it's like I haven't gotten close yeah. to really yeah. investigate that. Is there a way to have that same relationship to something I have seen over and over again? There is. Just persist. And the way you persist, it's in notice how familiar it looks. It's the familiarity is the part that fools us because the familiarity means that you're not actually looking at it. You're looking at your idea about it, your conclusion about it, your evaluation, your judgment, and presumptions and story about it. Uh, and the preamble right up to the end, the index. You know, you know what it is. You would go, because I'm doing that. But you would, you would know what it is. But look at this. Is why we look at the wall. Wall gazing is powerful. There's nothing much there, yet everything happens on the wall. You ever notice that? You ever notice that it's like a, you sit there long enough, eventually it's like a little movie or something? And can anyone here, first off, best off, to quote my wonderful Mahasiddha of a teacher, can you just voluntarily dream anytime you want to when you're awake or asleep? Can you just start dreaming? Yes or no? Can you? No. Who else? Start dreaming. Yeah. Kuhn never stops dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah. so it's, there's a there's an area there that we we think of as real and unreal, and yet, yeah, it's it's hardly even there's hardly even a boundary there. It's just that's why we uh, we imagine so much. That's how our, that's why we have great uh, uh, poets, Robert Frost or uh, E. E. Cummings or great painters like uh, Jackson Pollock or on and on who are able to dream with their eyes wide awake. Yes, wide open. It seems that on the cushion, uh, I remember all the things that I have to do. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I get up off the cushion, I forget them all. Mm -hmm. um, is it chasing it down to try to remember those things? that come up on the cushion? You know, I, I think it's a good good question. I would just work with it. Um, and there, there's, this, is not, this is not something I am saying everyone should do. If you're having something along that line, uh, you're a student of mine, which if you're in here, you probably are. You should ask me for you your, you personally. I think in your situation, uh, I would just keep a post-it note there. And if you think, you know, write down what it is. Um, don't just, don't forget to put soap in the washing machine. Is that one of them? Okay. Yeah. 
So, you know, write down what it is, and that way you can go on to the next thing. And you might get along with us, you might not. It doesn't matter. Now, if you're only sitting for an hour a day, I wouldn't say that. But if you're, I think you're sitting more than that. How many hours do you sit a day? Just average. Two to four. Two to four hours a day. A day. So, uh, five days a week, six days a week sometimes. So, um, that's a lot of sitting. It's not as much as actually required if you're here with no job and you have the time, although nobody will chase you down. Uh, but if someone's just sitting 40, 40 minutes to an hour, half an hour, four or five days a week, probably should just work with that. But as much as you're sitting, you actually could write something down and, and set it aside rather than let it tumble around. It comes up, you think, I need to do that. Okay, write that down. Okay. And then back to the wall. So it's, a, it's a, another touch and go. You just touch on it and go rather than think, I got to remember that. And I hope I can remember that when I get up. Just, you know, write it down. Someone else uh, might ask that question, and I might not say that to them. But you take notes. <laughs> you write stuff down. You're extremely, extremely, what is that called? <laughs> Analgesic? Yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> so, and when you have that, then there's no point trying to stop that from happening. It's just an internal warfare. Just write it down, be very pragmatic about it, and then go back to the awareness practice. Nothing to maintain, yes. A question from Jessica and Whitmore Lake. Yes, Jessica. What would be a skillful way to respond to a control freak that isn't inviting you to come after them? Like another person? So control freak that's not inviting you. Yeah. There's so many variables there. I mean, is it, is it your, your dog? Is it your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your boyfriend, husband? There's so many things it could be. General response. I think less is better in any situation. Don't do much. There's nothing really to accomplish. Meet it, meet whatever that is where it's at. And if you, and as uh, using the four, uh, uh, the four karmas, uh, pacifying, enriching, magnetizing, destroying. Pacifying is really the best one to use. So just pacify whatever's happening. Even if even if you're if you feel like this is kind of phony, I don't really feel this way, but I'm going to try to smooth the situation out. Do it anyway. Do it for for the benefit of, of maybe it doesn't help them any, but it might slow down your own aggression a little bit, your own tendency to want to be uh, arrested. Those other four, uh, the, the other three uh, karmas we could talk about another time. I don't want to go into those. I'd rather talk about uh, when to look around. Uh, you were talking about how you are listening to a question. I've seen you do this, and, and you look around. Sometimes. I feel like if I did that, I would not be receiving the person. And no, you're receiving a distraction. Yeah, but you're receiving everybody. Now, if you're sitting talking to a straight, like talking to a person, uh, you know, you should get, give them eye contact and receive eye contact, but you don't have to stare at them necessarily. I have students that that look right at me and I'm not sure if they're seeing me or not. Sometimes they move sideways and they don't drive. <laughs> Especially if you use that. <laughs> so I don't do, I, I, let me, let me, you know, I'm asking a question and I'm stopping you because I'm, maybe I should elaborate a little bit more. I'm not saying deliberately try to do something. I'm just relax when you're, you're listening to someone ask. If you're by yourself, uh, just you and the other person, then you may want to look at them. There's anything else happening. But if there are other people in the room, you should include everybody. It's helpful to do that. Really, it might be a little uncomfortable, but it's helpful to do that to, just to, so you're here. 
in the room. You're with everything that's happening. You're not just focused on one thing, which is the which is the ego mentality. Well, you have to focus. No, you don't. So it's happened before where I'm listening to somebody and there are other people in the room and I get pulled into something else that's happening and I start to lose pieces of what's happening. So, okay, very good. This is, this is helpful to hear that question because I'm sure other people have a version of that is uh, your awareness about that you're getting lost is the important awareness, not the conclusion that I'm so aware and I can really follow and track everything. It's a merchandising mentality. You don't need it. Big bear comes in a room. You're not going to get lost in thought. You might be quicker than anybody else because everybody else is saying, can't be a bear. You can't be a bear down in here. Whereas you know damn well it's a bear. (laughs) (laughs) Do you follow that a little bit? Anybody misunderstanding what I'm saying? Yes. Um, I noticed that it's only occasionally or with certain people that you might start looking around. So Mm -hmm. is it I guess I'm just wondering if you could say something about you. You're saying it's very important to direct look question, around. Direct but, question would work. Would work. I know where you're going, but direct question. Um, well, I don't really know where it's going. Well, how, how important is it? And when you say it's important, in what way is it important? Just to uh, uh, to work with with being um, instead of thinking of it, uh, thinking of it uh, as being distracted or, or disregarding someone. Uh, look at it more as including things, including other aspects of the dynamic. It's like sometimes, just like uh, uh, you can't really meditate, like right now your hands are moving slightly, your fingers. That's actually uh, is included because it's your body, your body-mind uh, situation, just like my hand moving like that is included in that. More though. More times than not, you do give somebody your attention through your eye contact. And I'm just wondering about for us, if we were to practice with this or look at it, how do you begin to practice that without it being like, oh, I'm always going to look around? Yeah, that's, thank you. So I would say experiment with it a little bit. Do do what, just be talking to someone and, and notice that you that your, your habitual pattern has a certain kind of feeling to it, of being comfortable doing that a certain way. And then uh, deliberately do something other than that. So, for instance, maybe if you normally always look someone right in the eye when you're talking to them or when they're talking to you, uh, look away. Continue talking. Continue listening. Just look at look at the color of a cup sitting on the table and totally give your attention to it and see what happens to your attention as far as the person talking or as far as the, the person who is waiting for you to respond. You follow me a little bit? Do you see the intent there or should I say more? Uh, another question, I guess. Certainly. Sometimes when you're responding to a question and someone else begins to talk, you stop and say what you have to say is more important than what I have to say. Yeah. When somebody starts to look away, I assume that they're looking at something that's more important. So I stop. Mm. And I'm just... Um, yeah, you can do that once in a while. I'm having trouble understanding... You need a receiver? I'm not sure I understand. If I needed a receiver, I wouldn't be able to set up here. Because quite often when I look around, I see people are not listening. And I would never point out someone who's not listening. But if you've been doing this for a while, you kind of get an idea who's not listening. Oh, were you listening? Yes. So I didn't exactly answer your question, but try again. I don't think I asked it. (laughs) (laughs) Did I interrupt him before he finished? 
He wasn't wasn't listening. (laughs) (laughs) This is a good good thing to discuss. Go ahead. I guess I would just like to know about it's it's kind of falling apart as it's showing up. So that's fine. But what I would say beyond that, uh, catching just the coattails of some of what it looked where it looked like you were going, as I would say, let's experiment a little bit with it, rather than continue to uh, do uh, uh, habitual patterns. Uh, cut into habitual patterns. Yes. How do you work with the um, the projections that inevitably come up around that? Um, I already have trouble with people kind of thinking I'm an asshole. And so if I start kind of not... How do you, how do you know? Wait, wait, where are you going further? I'm, I'm going to let you go further. How, how do you know people think you're an asshole? Oh, they told me directly. <laughs> but the people lie. <laughs> I hope so. You hear that quite a, once a week, maybe? Um, a couple what? times. Every Did the people in here that have said that to your face? Uh, in different words, yeah. Pretty healthy monastery, isn't it? Yeah. Where you can walk up to the shoe so and say, you're an asshole. I mean, I'm going to use that word. Let's say you're a dick. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Bowing. Yes. When we're in, I'm facilitating maybe a class in Kalamazoo, uh-huh. people, as you've talked about when you're training people how to do that, they always want to give their attention to the person who's facilitating, even if they're not teaching. Mm-hmm. And if it's somebody brand new, I notice that I want to encourage them to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might want to give them eye contact, but then I also know how that fuels their, they feel justified in continuing to ramble. So I, it's just a confusing area yeah. for me to work with. Well, it's, it's confusing. It's only confusing if you're looking for results. If you're just functioning, if you're just meeting things where it's at, where they're at, they might show up as results. They might show up as failure. From the point of view of, uh, of awareness, it doesn't, doesn't matter. You're just running into dependent origination in the disguise of a self. It's a dependent origination. I mean, please, my friends, go look in the mirror. See if there's anything stable there. Even your face is slowly going to look like mine. <laughs> Sorry to tell you that. I know you tried to avoid that. Pretty much impossible to avoid. Not only that, everything else is shifting constantly. Just, you know, the sometimes the, the standard thing in the culture is go with the flow and things. I don't mean exactly that. What I say is watch the flow. Don't go with it. Don't follow. Don't lead. Don't look back. Don't look ahead. Don't look, look off to the side. Don't, 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 don't. Sounds like a donut shot. What? That's it? <laughs> I don't I don't know where to, to go with okay. it. I just noticed that when my questions come up, it seems to just kind of expose my own um, self-consciousness around the situation. Sounds fine. I mean, that's how we practice. It's uh, Eventually, you see, you don't have to get rid of self-consciousness. It's just, it's just on, on behalf of others. It's the bodhisattva path. We're always trying to serve others, meet others where they're at. It's not always, always going to feel like we're so successful at it. That doesn't mean we haven't in some way uh, fulfilled that vow of being with all things. Uh, might be two or three years before your dynamic uh, happens to have an effect on that person in some way, or maybe not. Maybe that won't happen. But it's it's not important. Uh, results are not important. Results are always relevant. If something comes up, it's going down. It's what doesn't do anything. It's just this, just this. Buddha nature is not a thing. So going off what Jason was asking, and I'm reminded of some of the questions that Shoko was asking last night. Um, some previous book study about the 
you know, forms. And I'm wondering, in a form like that, or when we're facilitating a book study or a class, is there a duty for that person to shape that class in any way? Comes and goes. Nothing, there's no, uh, don't set up standards. We have some standards, and I think there's a, a couple of pages that I, I've accumulated over the um, 40, 45 years of doing book studies, or maybe 40 years, or maybe 30, I don't know, it's a long time, of seeing how, what's the best support for people to be able to study the material together without someone turning into a teacher, including this old man, uh, so that we support each other in going down into that material, like the Lankavatara Sutra, I think we're on there. Third, fourth reading of that? Third. Third? It's amdina Sutra, so we've done twice, I think. No, once. Three different texts. Yeah, three different texts. But anyway, it's about including bringing someone who's not participating. You know, we'll go after them in demand, but we, we look at them. Uh, you, just just body language and eye contact. And you may, you may, there may be a time when you, uh, um, you know, there may be a time when you, Respond to questions yourself. Another time, where you don't do anything other than just help each other. People, other people connect with the situation. Um, I, I don't know if that's answering your question or not. Hey, Michael, how are you doing? So, I remember that you said when the the suffering gets too intense to dilute it, that you could look around in that situation. Mm -hmm. Other other situations that it might be optimal to use that. Yeah, without pushing it away, without just without making excuses for it, or like closing off, or just bring other things that are already in the so-called present moment. Sense of how your butt feels on the cushion, the, the color green, the sound of the birds in the trees, or traffic going by. Bring those into the experience of, of uh, suffering. It's really intense. It may not be a palliative or something, or like it's, um, it's going to get rid of the suffering. But at least it, it allows you to include it in everything else that is in the present. Pretty difficult to be including something that's in the present, a sound or, or a sight, the shape of something, and at the same time push suffering away. You're, if you're including uh, whatever's actually here has its own sense of self-existence, uh, then there's a good uh, more of a possibility that the suffering itself is being really, really respected instead of pushed away. Doesn't, shouldn't be here. You know, like I say, when you meet somebody, respect their confusion because they, they have to respect their confusion before they can really deal with it. And if you don't respect it, in other words, if you fight with them, then they think it is real and there's something they have to defend. It's, it's all over the place. It's painful to watch. Not, not taking anything away from it. You might have to go lock yourself in a closet. Keep from meddling with people. You can make sure you take the key in with you. Sometimes when you talk about including, you say move your awareness to this sense or go to this sense. I do. Is there a force or an energy that is actually moving? Uh, in, a, in a relative sense, movement. Just like if I say, uh, put your remember the fourth grade in your fourth grade. Remember where you sat in the class. Remember that front or back, off to one side. Where was it you made a lot of noise at? Here. <laughs> Here. Any any memory? Go to your uh, your toy box when you're a child, or go to your uh, go to your uh, the porch swing or the, the sandbox or the beach or someplace. And just you can just go there in memory. In here, you can go. Uh, you have a memory of the kitchen. You can just go there. So 
just that, that the nature of that is uh, doesn't have any time reference. It's not subject to, to time. It looks like it is, but it's, it's uh, yes. Is there something that's actually moving? Uh, if you say something, then that's relative. But if you say there's something, then that's not relative. Works for me. <laughs> <laughs> just you, you don't need to know. If you need to know that, then we start to go uh, drop down a couple notches into the, the slower moving uh, um, strata of reality, which is called like the realm of desire, which is made up of the illusion of time and space. It's slow moving. Everything is moving. Everything is decaying, coming up. If it came, comes up, it's slowly crumbling, going back down. It's called impermanence. Yes. Can looking in that area, looking for something that's moving, help us to see that there isn't anything? Yes. That's how you do it. You hear me say it day after day after day. Anytime I get a big fat chance to talk to people, I say, watch what moves. I was not taught this. Well, in a way I was, I was taught to meditate, but I was taught a different kind of meditation. And it not, and I say this over and over because I don't want necessarily, you know, I want to, I don't want you to think that I want you to think stuff. So, so I don't do it. I'm just trying to clarify that I'm, I'm not saying this is the only way, the right way. It's just how, how I see it. And if you have a connection with me, which if you're sitting here, you have some kind of a connection. If you're tuning in on this uh, device, internet, whatever it is. And as I've said many times, I don't have, I mean, I have, might have a, a couple hundred people watching over a period of a year or something like that. I'm just I'm delighted with that. That's great. That's more than I ever thought would happen because there's no promises being made. And I have, I don't have the karma to have lots of students. Don't need them. The ones I do have uh, will have a lot better connection with this world than I'll have. Oh, that's why I'm saying, train your mind. Let me help you. The very best thing I can do to work to the, for the world is help you help the world. Like you're helping me help others, I'm going to help you help others. So that when time comes, if that's in your bailiwick, if that's your karma, then you won't teach meditation backwards. You'll teach it as it is. As it says up there. Choose on. How can we relate to the thoughts that we don't want to let go of? Just look at them. You don't have to, uh, I'm the teacher. You don't have to let go of it. Just see how you hang on. See how you hang on. That would be a good talk title. Just watch how you hang on. Letting go of things is too quick. Then we let go of our idea of the thing. We try to get rid of the concept first. You know, eat the food. Then you can burn the recipe. I know it's a crummy metaphor. It's a food metaphor because you know, what else are metaphors for? <laughs> That's probably the only thing I have in common with the chunkas. Where he's a bigger, big, as big a cornball as I am. Yes. Laura in Traverse City has a question. Laura, who's headed for somewhere else. I, I probably shouldn't say on. <laughs> going somewhere else. Yes, Laura, go ahead. How much time should I give a colleague who is greatly confused and in a circular pattern? and wants or needs hours of listening and support. Give them so much. Sit down, make it sit down, look them right in the eye, set your coffee aside, sit down. Body language, be there and receive, receive. How's it going? How are you doing? Tell me more, tell me more. Whoops, gotta go. Not even whoops, gotta go. Say, got another appointment, gotta get home and leave. Don't, don't and actually do it and build up to it in your awareness by uh, uh, 
I don't know if I call it a plan, but just have an intention that at some point, you, you know, you don't want to cut somebody off just because you're only going to do this for 10 minutes. But if you need a time, that wouldn't be a bad one. Somewhere between five and 15 minutes, leave. At some point, you won't, you won't, you won't care. You won't have it. And if you got an appointment, then that's obvious. But also, it's not necessarily helpful. I tend to listen to people as long as they want to talk, but my, I function differently. I actually enjoy everybody, even the people who are pretty difficult at times. So, and they can tell. They can, people can tell if you're listening just to try to get rid of them or trying to, you know, just sort of say, leave. And I'm not even trying to be a troloquist. You know, you, you just I'll do what I can while I can. I wish this would get over with. Enjoy yourself. If you if you if you need if you're needy about anything, it'll show up as wanting to get away from that person. Have you noticed? <laughs> you might not think you're needy until you meet somebody who's really needy, and then you want to get out of there because it makes you feel, makes you recognize because we're not separate. It makes you feel your own neediness. We don't want to do that. And how do you do this? Feel the neediness. Be genuine. Not fooling yourself. You're not fooling anybody else. Well, you might be fooling me. <laughs> I might be fooling you, too. <laughs> you might think I like you. I love you. I don't that low-level liking is kind of exciting. <laughs> <laughs> you, you actually can enjoy listening to someone. See, you know, listen closely. There might be receive, receive. There might be some way that something you could... That they would actually show you they're actually, well, I usually just listen to this person jabber, but what this person's saying now is really interesting. It tells me more about how that, what kind of circles they make in their life and why they seem to keep stepping on their own feet. And that one won't show up in the form of a device. Have you noticed there's a big lump under your foot? You know, no, you don't need to do that. You don't need to be a counselor. Or uh, as I sometimes say, often say, and I'm saying to again, don't teach. Button it. Don't teach and make people drag it out of you. That way you're not teaching, you're just responding to the dragnet. Take another minute or two if there's a question online. Is there anything else online? That's a good area. Show them. Are there times when we shouldn't look around? Of course. Yeah. What do you think of it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a way to, it's not so much I'm going to say, look around this time. Now, this time, don't, don't. Now, when this happens, don't look then. But now, this other time, that, that's when you look around. I don't want to do that. I want you to. That's why I say it's hard to talk about this, because when I sit back and think I can't come up with a formula for it, I just notice there's something about not fastening down on that particular. Uh, if you want to discipline yourself and you want to not look around, then sitting practice of meditation. Sit down, hold still. That's when you should not look around. Just look at, look right at it. And when you get up off the cushion, then see where things go. Then you might find that you're looking around quite a bit. And then you might find another time when that's not happening much at all. You seem to be not uh, not particularly bored or whatever. You're not. And so it's awareness about that. So I, I guess I'm I'm endeavoring to say, look at that. Maybe even, even experiment with it a little bit. Like I think I was saying earlier, like tighten up one minute and loosen up another minute. See the contrast rather than right or wrong. See that certainly. I'm thinking about a, a specific time that happens to me where the looking around is something I don't want to have happen. Like when we're sharing dreams every morning, almost without fail, whenever whenever somebody else is sharing something, I'm completely glossed over and somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And in that situation, is it helpful to 
try to hear what they're saying? Yeah, it's, it's how you go about that. Don't don't. Uh, part of what's happening is I think you have the intention to do that. The intention to do that, that, that kind of an intention of, of rasping is just creating. It's, it's actually uh, and I don't know this, but this is how it sounds. Uh, that's actually triggering your natural response, which is to ignore. So and you want to pay attention, but you don't end up paying attention. So not don't necessarily have to try to do it out of interest, although that may show up. Uh, what you might do is uh, you're a pretty visual person. Is when they start to talk about it immediately, immediately if they say, well, I was on a, I had a dream where I was on a, on the subway and then the subway, but there, it wasn't underground. It was like way up in the air. And there, on each side, there was a row of camels, pink ones on one side and blue ones on the other. And each of them were loaded down with a lard, what else, and a camel. <laughs> I mean, that was happening to you. All I have to do is start dreaming and I just, everything shows up. I was probably having your dream. Yes. Like when he did that, it happened like I completely glossed over and I was just yeah. thinking about myself. How many How many camels were there? I don't even remember that. What color were they? Did you say something about whales? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think you'd remember that part. <laughs> okay, don't worry about it. I'm serious. I mean, the way you're talking about it, don't worry about it. What you, What is the most important thing there? The awareness that you're not seeing it. You're not recalling it. Stay with that. Nothing lasts. If you keep pushing on that, trying to get rid of that, and trying to pay attention, that just tightens up more and more and more. It's like being constipated. <laughs> Is that a good? <laughs> so good. Well, I guess I can use that now because I. Uh, let's all talk about <laughs> what happens in the white tar room. <laughs> Darn it all, I can't get away from it. Of course, it's because we know <laughs> Too much. So anyway, your awareness of that is more important than getting yourself to be a, a good pay attentioner person. So it'd be better to just, just notice that. And maybe at the end, uh, you could you could bring that up. You could say, I have difficulty, maybe you're already doing it because the people that we do that dream practice, dream recall, you're doing it every morning, right? Yeah. So at Samu, um, you could discuss that a little bit and that with other people and see if anybody else there is having the same, we don't have to do it now, but see if other people are having the same thing or, or get, you know, make it a mutual kind of understanding. That's why we share dreams. So this is a dream of sorts. One last, if you have it. Okay, thank you so much. We'll stand and dedicate the merit at the back of our Red Champ books. Once again, remind everybody about the donation boxes and our Sukhwa Koji Friendship Awareness Month. Thank you for all of your help. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The ten directions of three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita.
Mizumori Sakpa to the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokopoji Buddhist Temple Monastery. Our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors, heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, fill them with light.